Quick little disclaimer from editor Justin. We had a little bit of technical difficulties with Mike's microphone. That's a tongue twister. Uh, therefore, you might hear a little bit of distortion on his audio. So we apologize to your ears and enjoy this episode. We are geek-centric and you can be too. Hello and welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. On this week's lightning fast episode, we're going to give our general thoughts on what has to be considered one of the most shocking installments in Oscar history. Joining me on today's show, please welcome back Hogan, subsequent podcast host. Hello, I am coming here to take a an overall big fat L, but uh, I'm pretty pretty snug if I'm honest with you. I'm not, I'm not coming into this uh, entirely unhappy, but but we'll get there. We'll get there. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, in addition, there's very few movies that this guy would hate. You better believe I'm talking about Nate. How's it going, Kevin? Listen, I was hoping we would have a, a quick in memoriam uh, for all the podcasters we lost, um, but I don't think we have time. So, <laughs> <laughs> And when it comes to a host, you know you can be trusting. There's no one finer than our good friend Justin. Yo, <laughs> dropping those rhymes. I love it. Love yeah. it. The award for best intros goes to Dr. Seuss. I mean, Kevin. <laughs> uh, well, we had to wait 441 days between installments of the Oscars. And while a lack of a host made for kind of a lackluster show, the awards themselves, uh, one in particular, certainly made up for it. Uh, the show was apparently designed to look like a movie with Regina King making an elaborate entrance to start things off. Uh, what were you guys sort of overall thoughts on, on the way the show was handled? I loved it. I thought the opening was actually, yeah, it was cool. It was very, um, very filmic, right? Very filmetic. Justin, who did they get in to do that? Soderbergh right. was the producer and he kind of led the charge in terms of like giving it a feel and a mood. And it did feel very oceansy at times. Like even the music choice that they were using at certain points was very, you know, upbeat jazz. Oh, Questlove was incredible. Yeah, Questlove was great. I actually yeah. enjoyed I actually enjoyed this. I, I, I think it was cool that they went down the a route of being more production oriented and live broadcast oriented versus the, you know, see actors at home with Zoom with an unreliable connection and, and that failing them. Uh, you know, they had some pods set up, obviously, in, in L.A. at the Union Union Station. They had one, I think, in New York and, and as well as, as London and France. They had everything set up accordingly so that it was a very smooth process. And I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was actually it was refreshing. It was it was a lot better than past past shows a lot less fluff but there still was a little bit of fluff but just not as much we'll get to the fluff i'm sure um but um i just wanted to quickly shout out as well Questlove. like if he could be the music guy for every oscars because literally no one got played off no one got played off and we made such a big joke of that in our previous episode and i was so happy that no one got played off there were a couple people that might have needed it but for the most part I thought it was such a, a fantastic choice. So get him next year. A, f a few of those speeches went on, eh? They they just let them yeah, go. Yeah, a little bit. But like at the end of the day, that's what that's what the show is for. That's what they're there for. 
You know what I mean? That's why we're watching this. We're watching this for these people to give their speeches. We're not watching it for people to, you know, for these fluff pieces that we're used to. Oh, yeah. I love the, the 16 by 9 sort of letterbox format that we got. And it sort of had a, a filmic sheen on it, a filter almost on the camera that really helped. The only thing that I didn't like about the production uh, was that we got a real lack of clips. It was a lot of speeches from the presenters. And while that was quite cool, to an extent, because obviously they're very charismatic people, they're good public speakers, I would have enjoyed to have seen a few more clips of the stuff that was nominated. Not that we needed them, but for people that were watching at home, obviously we may, we may touch on the ratings, but there wasn't really a lot to entice people to watch these movies, I'd say, other than hearing what won. Now, we've watched we watched a ton of these movies, as we talked about in our previous episode. Um, we had a lot to say about all of them. Um, but you're right. Like, Mike, one of my favorite things about watching the Oscars, especially for the movies I haven't seen, is seeing those clips. You know, they did show a little bit of a montage uh, for for the, the feature doc that won. And I, I want to see it now so bad. I messaged Justin right after. I'm like, I got to see that. And most of that was because of the clip that they showed. Yeah, that is sort of the, the purpose of those things. And so to, to have a real lack yeah. of that this year was sort of a, an interesting strategy. But like we said, it did give people more of a chance to sort of accept their award and and get the spotlight that they deserved. Um, yeah. So last week, we uh, made our predictions on what we're going to call the 12 biggest uh, of the categories. So we won't go and break down all 23 awards, but we'll just sort of look at the 12 that we looked at together and, and made some predictions on last week. Uh, it was actually a very tight race uh, between, uh, between the four of us. Uh, the winner had seven correct out of 12. Two of us had six correct. And then... Uh, Coming in, coming in hot to close things <laughs> off uh, was uh, five correct answers. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh. I'll try and sort of uh, work our way through uh, some of the categories here. Um, interestingly enough, uh, all four of us had selected Nomadland for cinematography, and that certainly did not win. I'm disappointed in that one. It's the only one it deserved. Yep. And it didn't, yeah, it didn't get it. Took home a lot of hardware, but not for the one that I would have actually given it to. So that was quite surprising. If the movie was shot in a more traditional manner of like classic 1930s, 1940s Hollywood style with with film and with specific cameras and lenses, um, then I would say wholeheartedly uh, Mank deserves the Academy Award for cinematography. However, the reality is, is that this film was entirely digital, edited in premiere, and most of its aesthetic was actually attributed to its costume design and set design. And while there was lighting techniques, I don't know if that's enough for really winning the Academy Award for Cinematography. Yeah, I was fine with it winning um, production design. Um, but yeah, for it to get cinematography was kind of surprising. Um, I think the... Uh, sorry, I just wanted to say the uh, the shot of the uh, the shot of Amanda Seyfried on the pyre, I really enjoyed that scene. But otherwise, yeah, you are, you're exactly right, Justin. Adding a few uh, projector burns as a filter doesn't really count as cinematography <laughs> for me. And and what a clip! You know, we talked about them showing clips. What a clip to show! You know, him getting his pants taken off, yeah. like as if uh, that woman's about to do something to him. And I know that she didn't in the end. She was just being kind, but. Um, no, I mean, listen, Mank was more style, I think, in my opinion. It was more filmetic style, like the, the visual style was amazing, but I don't think it should have won cinematography. One uh, 
category or two categories, I guess, that I can usually rely on getting correct. I got totally killed on this year. That would be for uh, original screenplay and adapted screenplay. I went 0 for 2 there. Um, uh, it was an excellent, excellent call by uh, Mike, Nate, and Justin all getting Promising Young Woman. Uh, so that one, voting with my heart there for Trial of Chicago 7, came back to bit me, bite me hard. I knew it would, it's too. It's Sorkin. You can understand. I mean, voting for Sorkin in a, in a writing category, it, it's entirely reasonable. And then uh, with adapted screenplay, uh, I think that one was a bit of a surprise uh, for the father to take that one, uh, as none of us guessed that correctly. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm glad that it won that. It, it deserved it in yeah. terms of how it, it realized itself on the screen. It manifested itself uh, in terms of like the, you know, the situation that they were in. So it was, it was great. And then uh, what are our thoughts on uh, best editing going to Sound of Metal? That was a nice, pleasant surprise, eh? I was very happy to see that. I chose uh, the trial of the Chicago 7, and I went with the one that I thought was like going to be the Hollywood, looking out for Hollywood one. But I'm glad that the Sound, the sound of Metal won because it deserved it far more than, than the trial of the Chicago 7. It won for sound, and it's almost like it's, it was so good at sound that they're like, yeah, just just throw in editing but as well. But they go hand in hand. <laughs> it sort of right? bleeds like you over. You can't really exactly. have they, they, effective sound mm-hmm. without effective editing, right? So it makes sense. Like after hearing that they won, I wasn't even mad that I lost that one. I was like ecstatic that they that they won. No, I completely agree. I think it was actually yourself, Nate, who brought up, um, or it might have been Justin, sorry, uh, who mentioned when we were discussing that category, how you know you you're watching a scene and it pulls back and you're seeing the ambient noise. Uh, in the deaf community and that's something that maybe we just felt wasn't strong enough to win the category I know I went with my heart with a lot of categories that let me down Um, but maybe we underplayed just how important that was to how much we enjoyed Sound of Metal Um, again just like adapted screenplay a very pleasant surprise happy for it to walk away with, with a couple of awards no real uh shocker in the animated feature Disney takes home another uh Another trophy. We all had that one correctly guessed. Uh, another one that came as very little surprise was uh, Chloe Zhao winning for director. Uh, I think that one was probably one of the more, you know, the biggest givens of the whole night. I loved seeing, uh, like, just her acceptance speech and just seeing how how humble she was. And I, I loved seeing her there with uh, with Charlene Swanky, who is, she's Swank in, in Nomadland in the film, who is one of the real-life nomads uh, from the movie, and she gives such a wonderful performance. Um, it was just so nice to see her there with, you know, instead of with some other date from Hollywood, like she brings this this woman that, you know, normally travels around in her life in an RV. So it was just, I don't know, I thought that was super cool. I think the biggest surprise to come from this is that we're a few days out, nearly a week, and we've still not had anything Eternals come from Kevin Feige. I, I would have expecting maybe a surprise trailer drop or something or maybe the next day we get something but but nothing yet i i totally agree because I, I i even checked their twitter to see if they gave any sort of like congratulatory sort of tweet to you know chloe Zhao and and winning an oscar right nothing it has been radio silence on <laughs> on all fronts in terms of acknowledging the fact that she's now uh academy award because i think that's one of the first academy award winner Academy Award winning directors to to direct a Marvel film, uh, you know. So, um, but yeah, Chloe Zhao deserved 
that award. Like she deserved that award for for what she set herself out to to do, and she, she achieved something masterful. I think it was it was fantastic. Um, do we need to start being a little bit worried about the Eternals if you know we're still not getting any sort of sign from it, mm. or is it still a bit too early? We've got Loki, we've got Black Widow, we've got Shang-Chi, which will require a full marketing campaign beforehand. Um, so I wouldn't be necessarily worried. I think maybe Black Widow, if we don't get anything by Black Widow, then maybe be like, what's going on here? Uh, at, at the day of recording, there was a story that broke today. Uh, Kevin Feige's come out and said that Chloe Zhao pushed for actual uh, on-set principal photography and they made a sizzle reel, which they had to take to Disney higher-ups in order to get her to make the film the way she wanted. So maybe there's still some post-production work being done on it. But I would expect Loki in a few weeks, Black Widow is when, I believe it's the end of June or the end of July. So yeah, I reckon some, because obviously there'll, there'll be another film and a series after that, so around then we'll get something. And I think you mentioned the one property that might have a good lead-in or connection to The Eternals, and that is Loki. Um, I think that we'll see some stuff in that series that might might tie into because that's going to be the one that's going to talk about, you know, branch timeline theory, right? Like that whole series. And I think that, you know, in that sort of cosmic realm of wherever we where we find Loki, there's probably going to be some sort of explanation. And, and I think they'll lead into like, you know, the Eternals will help lead into things like, you know secret invasion and stuff like that but this isn't a marvel podcast right now it's the oscars <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting too into it but you're right mike it's there's a lot more ahead well i'll get us back on track then um i think both of the supporting actor uh, awards were pretty uh pretty standard i think we uh, got what we expected out of that cat out of those categories still very happy about it uh, very happy i loved um God, I can't. I'm gonna butcher her name. I've I've seen it done in three different pronunciations now. What we were all saying the other day, what it's written down as, and then how she pronounced her name herself. Yung Jung Yoon. Yung Yung Jung Yoon is how we. Yung Jung Yoon. But don't worry, she forgives yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. She I loved she that. I loved how she that said that, best. and you know how she was like, "Oh, Brad Pitt, why have we not done a movie together?" Like, she seemed very, <laughs> she it. seemed very genuine and authentic in her speech. Yeah. Um, I remember in one uh, one speech, someone was calling out how Hollywood can be very preachy. Uh, it was kind of nice and refreshing to not see someone go up on stage that was necessarily trying to preach something. Uh, it was something that came from the heart that was a little bit more authentic, and it meant something to her. And uh, you know, I just I guess it just goes to show like she's removed from the sort of social issues that go on in the United States. Much not much to the other actors and, and directors and filmmakers that were were there that evening. Yeah, I loved I, I, how honest she was and how, um, how like at the end, like she didn't. She's like, which, which, which way do I go? <laughs> Get off the stage, and then you see her and Brad Pitt, and he's got her by the arm. And I was just like, I'm like, listen, couple of the year, let's go. Okay, I will ship that. I just want to shout out Brad Pitt as well for consistently being the coolest man alive. He turned up like he had had an afternoon sampling some of California's <laughs> finest agriculture. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he, he, he turned up and he looked like, like he was having a great time. So good for you, Brad Pitt. And uh, Daniel Kaluuya, fantastic speech. Uh, this might not mean anything to you guys, a lot of the people who were in the video, but there was a video circulating around on the day of the Oscars. And it was Daniel Kaluuya 
uh, ex-Liverpool player Daniel Sturridge, and then UK musicians Notes and Gigs and Santan Dave, and they're all just hanging out in LA together, just on the strip. No one knows who they are, but in England that would be unfathomable to think of. And the videos of them hanging out afterward, Drake tagging along because he just seems to really, really want to be from London, and he's not. Um, but I just loved seeing that, seeing these guys represent British youth. Um, not just black British youth, these are the best of Britain going out to LA and smashing it. And Daniel Kaluuya, I know I picked Lakeith, but so, so proud of Daniel Kaluuya and shout out his parents for having sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Absolutely. Those really were, you know, very enjoyable moments. Like I would take, you know, that kind of acceptance speech over uh, Joaquin Phoenix being pretentious for five minutes any day. That, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I much preferred that yeah. sort of approach. Now, when Best Picture was brought up at the stage of the show that it was, that was quite uh, quite the shocker, I think. That was weird. I think everyone thought that they missed. I thought I, I was on a delay and I had missed everything. I was like checking online <laughs> like if, if I missed it. <laughs> and then I realized, no, 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 it's still going on. Yeah, just just off that point, like you said, you, you thought you were on a delay. Just really quick before we continue, like... The Oscars need to make this more accessible. They need to make this show because their their ratings just I heard were abysmal this year um, with nine million people, I think. Yeah. And so like they need to make it like put it on YouTube, put it on Disney Plus. Right. It's ABC. Like like you've got the outlet for it. Make it easier. Don't make people have to subscribe to cable packages just to be able to watch this 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 show, um, because the people that actually want to watch it will watch it if you make it easier for them. So I don't know. I just I heard, I've, I had too many people come up to me and say, oh, no, I, I didn't watch. I don't have cable. Yeah, I, I had people saying to me that it was a disaster. And I, I do agree that the ratings were bad, but we do have to consider we've had a year when not many... Well, the cinemas have basically been closed for a year. Not yeah. many people have seen a lot of these films. So for it still to pull in 9 million, I think the previous year was 21. So for it... To, it's it's a very steep drop, don't get me wrong. But we're going to see that number shoot back up next year because there's going to be a lot more films that people recognise next year. And it was a bit of an off year in terms of the big hitters in the acting categories, in the directing categories... And we are going to see things like Spielberg. There was the West Side Story trailer drop during the Oscars. So I, I think next year we are going to see a, a big uplift. Um, here, you know, it, it's on at one in the morning. So it, it's only really the, the dedicated people or the insomniacs or the combination of the two, like myself, who are going to be staying up and watching it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I understand the worry, but I think it'll be all right. I think it'll sort itself out for next year. Well, uh, I think the the, the the way they ended the, the, the show certainly uh, had people talking. Um, uh, I think we need... I, I know we we had a lot of time shitting on Nomadland, so I think it's only fair we, we give Nate a, a moment to to bathe in the glory of of his film winning. Fair enough, Nate. I mean... Good for you, The mate. film won, the director won, the lead actress won. Like, come on! Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like to Mike's point of, of what you were saying earlier, uh, going with your heart, I a hundred percent with my went with my heart with Minari. I really wanted that movie to win. Uh, but Nomadland, I'm I'm happy it won. It it obviously was 
deserving of that award in my mind. And I feel like Minari and, and Nomadland were like neck and neck in terms of like my like the, my favorite movies out of the the movies that are, were nominated. Uh, very very close tie between the two. But you know that being said, you know it it you know it has its it has its faults when you listen to your heart and not don't go with the most more obvious <laughs> choice. And that is exactly what happened with this one and with the Best Actress Award. With the uh, placement, as you say, you know, uh, Nate and Justin, you were texting one another regarding Chadwick Boseman. I messaged Kev and was like, holy shit, Best Picture isn't now. Nomadland might not win. <laughs> this is, this is incredible. <laughs> We might be getting a shocker, but uh, no, it wasn't. I was hoping, the, the I was hoping was for come. a moonlight surprise, man. Not necessarily on the same basis of like <laughs> someone making a, an error, but like everyone pegging, no, like everyone pegged La La Land to win Best Picture, and Moonlight yeah. beat it. And you know, I was hoping that would just be another one of those situations here where it's like, oh, everyone's saying Nomadland, but nope, the Academy loved Minari. It, to me, that's kind of the same thing that happened in in editing. Right, like everyone was pegging something like the Trial of Chicago Seven to win editing for its how it digested the information and, and shared it to the audience. However, Sound of Metal, which was a far better film, did did win it. And um, can we just take a quick moment before we continue, uh, just to talk about Glenn Close doing debut? I mean, <laughs> they tried so hard to make a meme out of that, eh? <laughs> That was like that was like their <laughs> moment of trying to make a meme so that it would circulate all over the internet of Glenn Close shaking Get, her ass. I want the gif. I want the gif of her doing the butt. To be honest with you, that was that was fantastic. I, but listen, I was sad that they spent so much time on that, and then that in memoriam. Like, can we talk about that? Like, yeah, ah, it was, it was an odd song choice as well. It, it felt like a very ill-fitting song. I know, obviously, they don't want to just pull on your heartstrings for for grief purposes, but. The, the speed at which they ran through everyone, the, the tone of it, it, it felt very odd. And that all led to the surprise that ended the night as well. Because there was so so, so little for Chadwick Boseman that it was like, well, obviously Best Actor's going to end the show. And this is where we'll get the the big tribute. It was was not to be. Well, I think we should just jump right in and talk about the 83-year-old elephant in the room. Um, that was... <laughs> well, some of us called it, Kev. Some of us, some of us called it. Only one of us called it. You called exactly. It. <laughs> I'll take the L overall, but but this one, I, that, that was a heart pick that paid through in the end. But that 83-year-old elephant was not in the room. No. You know, that was the, he that was was the worst somewhere. Part. He was asleep in Wales. <laughs> so apparently, the so what I was reading online is that on Monday, he posted on his Instagram, because Anthony Hopkins has Instagram. His, <laughs> He's incredible on Instagram if you don't follow him, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it's he, has, yeah. he posts some great stuff, actually. I've, I've started following him. Anyways, Shit. he posted his, his thank you speech and recognizing Chadwick Boseman. Um, but he wanted to be there via Zoom, but the Academy wouldn't let him. And that goes, again, back to this idea of what the whole production was meant to be. It was meant to be a very controlled, stylized, much different from something like the Golden Globes, where people were just phoning in from home to accept their award. This, they didn't allow that. So they just kind of pushed it aside and said, okay, well, we will accept the award on his behalf. But that being said, the performance that stood out that everyone recognized and, and remembered that lingered with them was Anthony Hopkins, which is 100% true. To add to your point about him not being able to give an acceptance speech on Zoom, Olivia Coleman was in London and was mm. told 
if Anthony Hopkins wins, you're going up and accepting for him. And that didn't even happen. Oh, well, they just it was sort of literally just it oh, wow. and cut off the air. Like it was. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Well, they yeah. were over. They it were was... overtime. They were they were 15 minutes overtime. They always run over, but they were already over. And I love how Joaquin Phoenix comes out and says, "Oh yeah, they they wanted me to talk about acting and finding this and embodying, but technically, I, I don't do that, and I don't know many people that do. So I'll just say <laughs> that you know, I just like I'm like so I'm so like no, I'm just so unlikable. <laughs> having people not call in through zoom like again these are just these are some things that like there's cool things that they change and then there's things that they're just unwilling to change he's an 83 year old man in the middle of a pandemic you're like no dude you got to get here if you're going to want to no, talk and, and accept your second to the, he oscar to the theater in london he was in wales right and i, I get that there could be some reserves yeah. based on uh, on the coronavirus of why totally understandable but i think that it, it just goes to show that they're sticking with the craft of what they're trying to present and i'm okay with that i'm okay that they stuck with the craft of trying to do a more televised broadcast award ceremony to differentiate themselves from from the golden globes because they're hollywood man this was a hollywood award ceremony production like it was well done in that in that capacity you know even to, as yeah, but it's, as, it's... as mike was saying the camera looked more filmic and cinematic because they used actual cinematic cameras to film everything so it wasn't just tv broadcast some guy with a radio headset just you know tilting cameras and trying to find people in crowds it was like actually shot like a movie so i i i give them credit for sticking to that even though it would probably pain them to say nah anthony we, we can't it just doesn't work for what they were trying to achieve then you know what the academy knew what the outcome would be the academy knew that it wasn't going to be chadwick at the end they knew so step in and say, Soderbergh, listen, uh, we're going to actually put Best Picture at the end. Like if if Chloe Zhao and that whole crew went up there and and that was the celebration at the end, what amazing, what a way better ending than than Joaquin Phoenix accepting the award on the behalf of, of Anthony Hopkins. It was just, it was such a, a, a big blunder that I think blew up in their face. And I don't think it did. They, I, I don't think like, it did. It's just, well, it, I think it did. It looked to me as though when Joaquin opened the envelope, he had a, oh shit, moment look on his face. <laughs> like, oh, this, really this is not this? going to go down well. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's, it's, it's Anthony Hopkins. Um, yeah, it was very weird. And that begs the question. So are we assuming then that the production have no idea of who wins and it's entirely secretive and it, it was a, a Soderbergh decision that, right, that it's a sure bet, Chadwick Boseman's going to win, we'll put best out the last. I don't think so. I think I honestly am going on the other, I'm going with the other side, is saying that they knew that Anthony wasn't going to be there and that he was going to win. Right. And that they would just close out the ceremony with that rather than they knew they were running late. Like to Nate's point, it could have been a, a flip through the production. Like they were halfway through saying, listen, we're going to run over time. So let's move best picture up. Right. And then they just started moving the wheels. They could do that. That's very feasible to do in a live broadcast. And then they switched it out because they already knew the order. Because you got to think like some of these people that were actually available to actually accept the awards like in France and in, in England and, and so on, you know, there must have been some sort of pull for them to actually go, right? Um, so I don't know. I'm just wondering, to your point, Mike, did they know in advance so that they were able to make sure that the right people were in the right places? 
and you know knowing that the show was going to have to was going to go overtime they they decided to put the actor because they knew he wasn't going to be there right like you know because if they had to nate's point if they had nomadland show up there on stage it would have been like you know five minutes of everyone just talking right so you know but it would have been much more hype, dude. It would have been much more well, celebratory. Well, because it did feel, it did feel very anticlimactic. Because like as soon as they announced yeah. it, and it was like, and then and then that was it. That was it, right? Like it was just it was like, done. like if they want their movie to end that way, sure, that's one option. But like, <laughs> I don't know, that's a crappy ending to that movie. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> well, well, it's and even it though is you odd, picked, isn't it? and even though you picked the father, Mike, you still couldn't pull out the uh, the overall victory. Uh, our champion no, this had... year, of course, is Nate. Congratulations. Woo! Let's go. Wait, but he, well done, Nate. So That's Nate like the first seven? time, isn't it? I've never yeah. done this before. Yeah. Oh, wow. Congratulations, Nate. Yeah, dude. I got seventh. And then I also joined I joined Kevin's uh, um, like exterior uh, outside of this. And then what did I place in that one, Kevin? Uh, every, uh, Sarah ran away with it. She got 42 points. Uh, and then Holy. everybody else was kind of in a close lock uh, between 35 and 37 points. So Nice. So you'd say second place. Amazing. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Sure. I'll, sure. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Just like I'm taking a dub for, for having two individual picks that won, you know, I'll, you know, even though dead last, but. It's it's a moral victory. That's I'm glad I'm glad I wasn't in that outside one, man. I would have lost hard. I would have been on the bottom of that barrel list. It would have been horrendous. <laughs> well, there was a few picks where I thought I was thinking more in terms of a competition between the four of us and how and my competitive nature came out that I wanted to beat you guys. Hence my Bacalova pick. Hence, like my prediction of Borat walking away with more awards than Mank. Was crazy. Who would have picked that Mank would walk away with more than the trial of the Chicago Seven? I mean, the thing, and that's the thing. I was like certain that the trial of Chicago Seven would walk away with something, and I, I'm, that was my least favorite movie of the eight. I think that it's 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 interesting that like that movie got no recognition, but Mank did. Trial of Chicago Seven could have gotten something. Yeah, that would have been nice. I had nothing to sort of nothing to enjoy the whole evening. It was kind of a bummer in that regard. So, well, it's quite you know. Obviously, Nate had Nomadland. That was his favorite. Justin, think it's fair to say you said we'll give you Minari. That was yep. we'll say that was your joint favorite. You got to walk away with something. My yep. favorite, Promising Young Woman, got to walk away with something. And Kevin also watched the Oscars. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> Wow. Well, before uh, before we wrap, was there any uh, anything else that we w- wanted to discuss from the show, or have we sort of hit all the main talking points that uh, emerged from the evening? I'll just say this: listen uh, for for the for what was great about the show, because I feel like we and I, I mentioned a lot of things that I didn't like about it. I think the pacing was awesome. You know, go from award to award to award. And yes, if these people want to have five minutes of, of speech of rambling about nothing or rambling about something that's really important to them, let them have it. They, they won a freaking award. Let them have it. Um, get rid of the fluff pieces. Don't do that stuff. Don't do the game that like, it felt like we were at a wedding. Like it was like horrible. <laughs> like and, and, and like guess if this song was uh, was in a best picture, wasn't or whatever. It was, I don't even remember. All I remember is Glenn Close doing the butt. So don't do that stuff. 
and keep the pace going and do the music ahead of time. I thought that was great. In the pre-show, how they did all the songs, those performances were fantastic. They were well recorded. The one in Iceland with the with the choir in the behind. Oh, I was so, so my heart. I was like, this is amazing. Um, so just do all this stuff next year uh, and leave the fluff and 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 all that other garbage uh, behind, please. Thank yeah, you. I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. Uh, Nate, it it did have some really good qualities, but also some things that still held it back. And I think Mike, you mentioned it the the idea that they tried to you know infuse a more personal approach by having the the people that were presenting give a little bit more of a description of who the nominees are and what they did and and, and all sorts of stuff took away from like the clips and and being able to which could have sped things up in many cases. I feel like you know having infused this approach of of award to award minimal fluff. Uh, a little bit more intimate in terms of how it's filmed and then interjecting that clip style in terms of introducing the nominees could have sped them up and they wouldn't have run 15 minutes over, but it would have still had a really nice pace where it was just boom, 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 boom award. And to Nate's point again, like you, it is great to see some of these people win and, and what who they're thanking and, 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 and whatnot. And if they do get long with what's great is that you can just cut them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can just literally cut them and then roll the music and then that's it. So, you know, hopefully next year they've learned from this and maybe it can be because the biggest argument with the Academy Awards is that it's just always so long and there's always a lot of unnecess- unnecessary fluff that just prolongs the show. Let's just see the awards and let's move on. Yeah, I don't need to know that Olivia Coleman worked at a McDonald's or whatever, okay? <laughs> just show the clips. Okay, Oscars, thanks. I think um, it, just on music, I just want to quick shout out something we didn't predict. Her winning best original song. Love that. Um, yeah. And in terms of, you know, looking forward to next year, I think we're going to see a big push. Did you any of you happen to see the sort of trailer that the Academy released uh, with Matthew McConaughey narrating Welcome Back to the Movies? Yes. you happen to catch that? Yeah. With like a montage really of cool. everything that's coming in the next year. So I think we're going to have a big, assuming everything continues on its current path and everything is well and good, I think we'll be, get a big push next year. We're in Canada, though. Welcome so. back to the movies. Say again, sorry. <laughs> we're in Canada, though. <laughs> so yeah, it feels I mean, like everything yeah. is just it's just like maybe like five to six months behind. You guys are in England, I'm sure, are, are getting getting back to some sort of sense of normality. Yeah, a little bit. But obviously in Hollywood, they're going to make sure all these people, as, as Regina King said at the start, you know, when the cameras roll, it's masks off. Um, one thing I did find interesting, which I think we'll see more of next year, a trailer drop during the Oscars. I can't remember any other time that we've seen a film, which is pretty oscar baity. The musical theatre nerd in me adored the West Side Story trailer. You guys will get into it, I'm sure, on a, on a future Watch Club or something. I loved it. I wonder if we'll see that next year more uh, you know oscar bait in quote in air quotes uh trailers for that more because more sort of uh, promotion for upcoming films during the oscars because it should be a big celebration of the movies not just awards but you know here's here's what was great in the last year and here's what we've got to look forward to and like to that point yeah that's how you bring people in look at the game awards 
the game awards every single time you, you're interested in the game awards it's hey there's these these companies are going to be debuting their new game at the game awards these trailers are going to probably be at the game awards you tune into the game awards you see the amazing awards there's no fluff there's just trailers and announcements in between it's it keeps hype going the entire night while celebrating the people that are making those games but just one more thing in regards to celebrating the people that make these things as soon as we can travel can we all four of us find a way to get to that museum that they're mm-hmm. launching because that looks yeah. incredible yeah the academy of oh Motion my Pictures gosh museum. i 100 so want cool. to go there that's like right and then they have this like experience where you can go in and uh, accept um an award like you can pretend that you're accepting an oscar so kevin can go in there and pretend that he's winning the oscar for trial of the chicago seven <laughs> <It'd be great. laughs> oh man i'm never gonna live that down am i <laughs> Uh, it's it's gonna go for a little while, but yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, uh, I think it's safe to say that it was an interesting year, um, given everything that's gone on, and just even the caliber of movies that we got. So I am looking forward to hopefully seeing a movie in theaters at some point here in the in the year coming up, and maybe uh, that'll be a nominee for next year. But uh, you've heard what we thought. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the awards. Did something surprise you other than Anthony Hopkins winning? Were you happy? Were you disappointed? Please let us know. Justin, what's the email that they can let us know that at? Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. I think that's just about everything. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Five stars is the lowest score you can leave. We are Geekcentric and you can be too, which means you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Follow us on Twitter at geekcentricyt and follow us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Uh, Mike, what are you working on with the other guys this week? Uh, so this week we've got the new Michael B. Jordan, uh, Tom Clancy thriller that's dropping on Amazon Prime on Friday. So we're going to be watching that and giving our super, super quick review. Well, the review won't be quick, but we'll, we will have the quickest reaction on the internet to it re- without remorse. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the other guys on twitch.tv slash up next, which is spelled NXT podcast. That's every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, that's me and myself, John Ceno. Other than that, just a whole bunch of wrestling and waiting for the world to get back to normal. We've started to get TV spots for movies. It's pretty exciting. Granted, the TV spot I saw was for Nomadland. However, <laughs> that's beside the point. It's coming. The movies are coming back. So, yeah, very excited. And thanks crossed. again for having me on. I had a, I had a fantastic time. I'd love to come back next year with a vengeance. A hundred percent. Point to prove. Yeah. Uh, Nate, any uh, Twitch news you want to share? Yeah, I mean, listen, full steam ahead. Pokemon Snap is going to be out in uh, less than 48 hours as of this recording, so very stoked for that. Snap Sundays, 9.30 p.m. EST over at twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames. We're going we're gonna to take pictures of all the Pokies and uh, open up some Pokemon packs. I've got some very expensive Pokemon packs. Plus, we're going to have uh, a, a new uh, trivia night where you can actually win some Pokemon cards and some other really cool prizes, so definitely check out the Discord in the link below uh, of the podcast notes and uh, and join me for Snap Sundays. Uh, yeah, the last time uh, I jumped on for uh, the trivia, it was uh, a lot of fun. You really need your Pokemon A game, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, these prizes are really high end prizes. Okay, so I'm not just giving it to you because you know what a you know what Bulbasaur evolves into. Okay, you got to study <laughs> up and be ready. 
Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so very much. I look forward to uh, doing this again next year and uh, everything fun and exciting that we'll be doing uh, in between. Uh, so until next time, uh, take care, guys. And as we always say. In a bit, lads. Love ya. Stay home safe. Peace. Peace.